Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everyone. Shep Hyken here, customer service and experience expert and your host on Amazing Business Radio. I am so excited about today's episode. We're going to be talking to an author of the book, The Customer Loyalty Loop, Why People Buy, Buy More, and Buy Again. This is the science behind creating great experiences and lasting impressions, and it's by author Noah Fleming, who's a speaker, author, consultant, and you're going to love this guy. He knows his... He knows his loyalty stuff, if you will. And I thought as a result of knowing what we're going to be talking about, his book, I thought, you know what? I dug out a, a bunch of my articles that I wrote about customer loyalty, and here's a few ideas that I thought might want to share about creating customer loyalty. And when we get into his book, we'll talk. He's got four phases, and we're going to hopefully get into that. I'm going to kind of prompt him uh, to hopefully give us that insight and information that's coming from the book. But here's a few different ways that you can uh, create customer loyalty. And first is, and something that irks me, and you know, we're right around holiday time right now, and I'm starting to see gifts or have received gifts from people that have strings attached. And it's like, you know, you write the thank you note or you write the, in this case, send a greeting card and, hey, let me throw a coupon in there uh, that's worth 10% off your next purchase or $10 off your next purchase over $100 or over $50. And, and here's what that's saying to me. Hey, nice gift. In order to use it, you got to spend money with me. Well, that's a gift with strings attached. And I can't stand that. So uh, that's first and foremost. If you're going to say thank you or you're going to send a gift or a card, make sure it is truly an appreciation gift with no strings attached. By the way, there are opportunities out there to uh, send a card or some type of promotion that's tied to a holiday. But I think if we're getting around uh, Christmas or Thanksgiving or one of these where we're saying, hey, thanks for your business. And by the way, uh, as a way of saying thanks, spend more money with me and I'll give you a little break. That to me is a gift with strings attached. Here's one of my big ones. Don't confuse a loyalty program with a marketing program, and there is a big difference. And I can speak to this one and write about this one for days and talk for hours, but here's the point. Uh, a punch card where on the 10th punch you get a free sandwich is not a loyalty program. It's a marketing program. I'm trying to get you back here to buy a bunch of sandwiches and give you the 10th one free, which means you're getting a 10% discount. Uh, a true loyalty program is exactly that. You're rewarding your customers for good business. And here's the key behind a really good loyalty program. If you're really, really good at what you do, then you don't need the loyalty program to keep your customers loyal. And I'll flip over to another company that I love to talk about. That's Amazon.com. Amazon has a program. They call it a loyalty program. You tell me what it's called. You pay $99 to be a part of their program. It's their prime program, which, by the way, I love it. I love everything about it. I love everything that Amazon stands for. I know they're the big one, and supposedly they're hurting some of the small businesses, but I think there's many small businesses that have not only survived but thrived with Amazon being a competitor because they understand how to work with them. But I digress. Their loyalty program costs $99 to be a part of, and the perks you get for being a part of that program – keep you loyal because they're great perks. So 
Bottom line is don't confuse the loyalty program with the marketing program. And if you want to take a look at a, a marketing program that has become a loyalty program because it makes customers loyal, it's that good, then take a look at Amazon. Um, I think another one is to create an emotional connection, and that is a bond that you have. Satisfaction you know, everybody says, I want to satisfy my customers. Satisfaction is a rating. If you have a scale of one to five, where one is bad and five is great, well, then probably number three is satisfactory. So maybe it's just semantics and maybe it's just the word I'm using, but I try to stay away from saying, hey, let's go out there and satisfy our customers. Because to me, it's like we might as well say, let's be out there and be mediocre and average and just okay for our customers. No, be a little bit better than that. And when you create loyalty, well, the difference between the satisfied customer and the loyal customer, loyalty is an emotional connection. So at that point, when customers are feeling, hey, there's this connection, They're, they give me great service, I want to do business with them again, they remember my name, they remember what I had the last time I did business with them uh, or what I ordered, I mean, that's creating some type of a connection. And typically, as they do business with you over and over again, it becomes an emotional connection. Hey, this next one, this next one ties into what I just mentioned. Create a personalized or customized experience. And when you do that, you'll start to create that emotional connection. They love it when you use their name, uh, when, um, you know, if a customer is treated with respect, dignity, and they remember the customer and they create a personalized experience, hey, the last time you were here, this is what you bought, you know, there's something that would really look great or would be a great accessory for that. Or I walk into a hotel and they remember me from the last time. And they say, I know you loved our chocolates because we had a note in here that you even asked the housekeeper for an extra uh, piece of chocolate. You know what we're going to do? Tonight when you get back to your room, there's going to be a small box of those chocolates for you to enjoy, and you can take some of those home. Boy, you talk about a personalized experience. That's, That's a great one. And by the way, that's all done by keeping track of your customer's uh, interest, uh, call it data, if you will. Um, And finally, the last one I want to talk about, and I am going to talk about this again with uh, Noah Fleming, the interview we have coming up in just a moment or two, and that is about loyalty. Noah has a very interesting take on loyalty, which actually is almost the same as my take. However, it's like the reverse of it. But it comes from the same place. And that is you break down loyalty into bite-sized chunks. And my concept of loyalty is about the next time every time. What am I doing now to make sure that the customer, the next time they need whatever it is that I sell or whatever it is that I do, that they are going to buy from me instead of someone else? And this is especially important when we're dealing with a customer that's upset or, or dissatisfied for any reason. Oh, there's that word, satisfied. If they're even satisfied, but anything less than satisfied for sure, we need to turn it around. And you need to just ask yourself what I call the loyalty question. What am I doing right now to make sure that this customer is going to be happy enough when they leave here today or we stop interacting today that the next time they'll say, you know what, those guys are great. Let's go back and do business with them again. All right, enough on customer loyalty today. In just a moment, we're going to be talking to Noah Fleming. So don't go away. This is Amazing Business Radio. We'll be right back. If you like what you're hearing on Amazing Business Radio, and I know you do, then you can get much more of this information all you have to do is go to my website, hyken.com. That's www.hyken.com. Fill out the subscribe to the shepherd letter form, 
And each week, you will get an article that contains a business tip, stories, much more, all about customer service and experience delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio. I promised you an amazing interview today, and and I'm not going to let you down. It's Noah Fleming. Noah is actually, he hails from the north of the U.S. in Canada. But the reality is, uh, even though he's in Canada, he's south of Detroit. Go figure that. Uh, so we'll talk about that and his background. He's been doing this for about 10 years as a consultant. He's a speaker and he's an author. Uh, his book, Evergreen, Cultivate the Enduring Customer Loyalty that Keeps Your Business Thriving, uh, hit a number of best-selling categories uh, in Amazon.com's sales, marketing, and customer service areas. He's also just written a great book, and I've got it in my hand right now. It's called The Customer Loyalty Loop, The Science Behind Creating Great experiences and lasting impressions and you know what this book's or what this show is all about it's creating amazing experiences for our customers and i think that's why this book is so appropriate and noah that's why you're on the show noah fleming welcome to amazing business radio (laughs) thanks for having me i'm glad to be here well so you and i talked a little bit and i have a little background on you i've got your book i i really Enjoy getting great books. This one's good. And by the way, uh, Noah, you said this book is available everywhere where books are sold, but let's make it easy. Go to Amazon.com, type in Noah Fleming, and get the customer loyalty loop today. What a perfect way as we are right around the new year to start off the year thinking about how can I create those experiences that will leave those lasting impressions. So tell us a little bit about yourself and the kind of work that you do. Sure. So I work primarily uh, with mid-market privately held companies. Uh, Some of my clients are much smaller than that, and some of them are much bigger than that. So my biggest client has uh, somewhere between 17,000 to 19,000 employees worldwide. They're doing $2 billion a year in revenue, uh, and and they're focused on these things, which is really interesting. So I help my clients essentially drive revenue growth through sales, marketing, and customer service improvements. So how do you scale out to seventeen or 19,000 people some of the concepts and create a consistent experience? Have you, have you done much of that and worked with your clients in that area? I have. And the most interesting thing that I often say to people is that uh, whether you're a company with $2 million in revenue uh, or you know, you're this $2 billion company, what I'm finding is that a lot of them are dealing with the same issues and the same challenges. Uh, and so much of what we talk about goes back, you know, I don't want to say the, the basics, but it's the fundamentals and getting those things right. So I will often work with a very large organization on ensuring, you know, they've got a great sales process or ensuring they have a great customer retention process. The same type of thing I'll work on with a $10 million company. And so they're all thinking about these things. Uh, for the most part, it's, again, looking at where those gaps are and where we can build essentially simple process to drive great results. Right. And by the way, I always advocate that simple doesn't mean easy, and it might be easy for a $2 million or $10 million company that might have, you know, 500, 800, 1,000 employees. But when you get to the 19,000 employees, you know, how you make sure that there's some outliers out there that aren't in alignment with the vision and the work that you're doing you know, how do we get those people on board or how do we make sure there's this consistent experience? That's been 
so many uh, companies' frustrations is that, you know, we've got this idea that we want to do, but how do we get the people on board? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, to answer that, I think uh, I'm a believer that it starts at the top. And so Amen. one of the lines, you know, one of the lines uh, my business coach and mentor often says is, you know, do they do they believe what they see on the walls or what they hear in the halls? And so you have, you know, you have these stories like Wells Fargo and Volkswagen where people were performing and doing things one way. Uh, and that's because that was accepted behavior. And that those behaviors, for the most part, as we've seen, started from the top. And so, you know, you can say everything you want in your in your mission and your value statements and all these things that you've got on your website. But the reality is uh, people are going to do and act in ways that's accepted behavior in organizations. And so I, I'm a true believer that it starts right at the top. Yeah, it's I believe it. And that's one of the things we teach in our six-step process, our six simple steps, which aren't easy, but they are simple, and that you define the vision at the top, and then you communicate it, you train to it, and then this is the tough part then that you mentioned, you know, is it – I love what you said, and I'm going to actually tweet this out at one point, giving you credit, of course. Uh, believe what's on the walls or what's in the halls <laughs> or what they say in the halls. I'll have to go back and listen to that again, but that's great. You know, so if, uh, if leadership can't demonstrate and model the behavior – and by the way, you, you know, a couple of companies that you mentioned – you know, right or wrong, and I'm not going to be judge and jury here, but any company that's had any kind of a scandal where leadership has made the big mistake of not being congruent to their brand and their beliefs and going in a different direction and hurting consumers as a result, I think, you know, that shows, I think that sets the tone for the rest of the organization as well. But anyway, demonstrate it, uh, defend it when it goes out of alignment, and then celebrate it. That's the six steps. And what you're talking about here is the demonstration side of it. If if leadership doesn't just define it but doesn't live it, I don't think uh, you have a chance of making the rest of your company uh, fall in line with it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think you're absolutely right. And so, you know, in, in many of those – you're right, I won't judge either. But in many of those situations, uh, nobody ever asked the question, how does this action or this behavior – you know, match the core values of our company. And, and these are things that uh, when you talk about scaling, these are things that uh, almost everybody in any position in, in any company should be asking, including the janitor. So, you know, <laughs> does, does, my, does my response to this customer match uh, who, we, who we say and pretend to be out there in the real world? And, and so that's a big part, in my feeling, of, of customer loyalty, that there is a congruent experience throughout the entire organization. Yeah, and I thought what you, you were getting into uh, when you say, you know, they define it, they set the roles, but, but living it and doing it. And uh, anyway, let's, let's get away from that. Let's talk about this customer loyalty loop. What is the customer loyalty loop? Sure. So it's something that I'll, I'll try and answer quickly, but the best way to learn about it is obviously uh, to get the book. But it's based on the work that I've been doing over the past 10 years or so with these clients. And the loyalty loop is simply my updated view of the traditional customer lifecycle and essentially asking ourselves uh, three simple questions. Actually, there's only two, and then there's a third point there. But the first one is, what is the customer feeling at each stage of the customer experience? And then asking yourself, how can I improve the customer experience in a way that the customer will want to re-engage a second, third, or fourth time? And so to me, 
the traditional customer lifecycle, there's a lot of components of it. I simply said, look, what, what are the most important areas of the customer experience here? Well, you have before the sale, uh, and I call this section in the book Imagination Before Persuasion. And then you have the sale itself, which I call conversion without coercion. Now, most people think once we've made the sale, now we have a customer that's in an experience. But as you and I both know, the customer is experiencing long before that sale. Well, was even made. before they even talk to anybody in the company. Now, I know what you're talking about is primarily the interactions and connections they have with the company. Uh, I would say most of them are probably involved with people-to-people interactions. But uh, there's this uh, just read a great article, uh, may have to talk about this sometime soon, uh, the zero moment of truth. And that's the at the moment that you think you want something, you don't even know who you're going to f- get it from, and you just start going and doing research. You're at ground well, that, zero. And well, very, yeah. And sorry to interrupt you, but that, that is the, the first section, which is before the sale, this imagination before persuasion uh, point of view. And it, the interesting thing I found is that Dr. Cialdini, who wrote the great book, Influence, Love it. Mm-hmm. Him, and I, him and I have kind of come to this, both, we've kind of both come to the same real realization uh, in this first section. He just released a great new book called Presuasion. And what he says is you have an opportunity uh, to presuade before you persuade. And that's exactly uh, very similar to what I'm saying here in this first stage. It's that moment, like you said, where you know they think about needing something, and so they go out and they do a, some cursory research, and you come up. They're already experiencing at that point, uh, and so we need to be cognizant of those areas and thinking how can we improve the customer experience from again long before we ever have an opportunity to make a sale. Right. So here's the point I think you're trying to make. The cust- everybody. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. If you five years ago asked everybody what's customer experience, they would be talking about customer service. They would talk about the interactions that you have once you're in the process of any type of of the, you know, interaction or or series of interactions, a part of the customer journey map, all the touch points. But what you're saying and what I firmly believe in is the customer experience is much bigger than just the interactions. It's anything that will – create impact in the customer's mind and that could be from the moment they say oh here's a google search on a topic look at the five different companies i can choose somebody's got a better description than another in their little google piece and boom we click on it now we're in the website we haven't even dealt with anybody we don't even know what the company charges for their services we're not even there yet we're just learning about it that's the very very embryonic beginning of the customer experience you know, I when I drive home to my house every day, I live in a new subdivision, so there's a number of builders building nice homes here, uh, and, and there's a number of different builders in the area. Well, there's one builder. Their building sites are just a filthy disaster. Uh, so there's garbage everywhere. You know, there's, there's stuff strewn out all over the place. And then I see another builder uh, where it's clean, it's organized, their workers have organized the pallets, you know. And so exactly what you just said, uh, I'm experiencing at that point. That's a customer experience. And I can guarantee you that when I go to build my next house, uh, there's one specific company that I'm not calling on. And it's that company because I'm having that experience with them every day before I've even considered becoming a customer. Wow. So uh, that's great, great thought. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about the loyalty loop, 
The book is called The Customer Loyalty Loop, Why People Buy, Buy More, and Buy Again, uh, the science behind creating great experiences and lasting impressions. It's available everywhere. The books are sold, but make it easy on yourself. Go to Amazon.com and pick it up there. We'll be right back. Don't go away. This is Shep Hyken. We're hanging out with Noah Fleming on Amazing Business Radio. Chef Hiking here. How would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it, day or night? Well, with Shepherd Virtual Training, you will have world-class customer service training at your fingertips online 24-7, 365 days a year. Just go to www.shepondemand.com. Once again, that's shepondemand.com. And remember, always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here back on Amazing Business Radio. We're talking with Noah Fleming, the author of The Customer Loyalty Loop. And as we were wrapping up our first part of the interview, Noah was mentioning uh, that as he was driving through his neighborhood, he's looking at all these construction sites of all these different home builders, and he's noticing some are, oh, I guess what I would say a little bit on the, I would call it almost the more professional side. The more, um, you know, they're, they're, they're clean, they're tidy. Uh, they, at the end of the day, they make things look good. And they, they realize that as you drive by their site, they're probably creating an impression versus the others that are sloppy, messy. Uh, they may build a nice home, but, boy, it doesn't look like that's the kind of business that you'd want to do business with. And so the point being that the customer experience starts long before the company even knows that the customer is even considering doing business with the company. So let's take it from there, Noah. Let's talk a little bit about what the next steps are, and let's see how far we can go in the short time that we have. Sure. So as I mentioned, there were four stages to the customer loyalty loops that we had before the sale. Uh, now you move them into the actual sale itself. Uh, and, and this is important. This There's a lot of things that need to happen here, and so I call this conversion without coercion. Now, as marketers, as sales experts, as uh, business owners, believe it or not, as hard as it can seem for some companies to find a new customer or to get a new customer, uh, the world itself, we've all gotten pretty good at conversion marketing. Uh, we've gotten pretty good at the tactics and laws of influence and the laws of persuasion. The problem with that is sometimes we move a customer uh, too quickly through that experience. And so, again, this is where all the great things like consultative selling come into play, uh, you know, adding value, sometimes slowing down to speed up. So that, again, is a customer experience. And then once you've actually converted them, then you move them into what I call essentially the actual customer experience. So now they're here, they've given you money, and I call this stage experience choreography. Not like you have to be a, a ballet, but, you know, where every step is choreographed, but you at least have to know what that process looks like once you have a customer. So, uh, again, we, we've heard a lot of things about onboarding and the importance of this. The most important things to remember is the beginnings uh, and the endings, because that's what the science tells us we remember. Is we remember. Now, that's not to say, you know, the middle isn't important. What I walk people through in the book is how to make those middle those middle sections uh, as valuable and as memorable as possible without relying on gimmicks and, uh, you know, just gimmicky promotions. There, there's a lot of great stuff about surprise and delight, but without relying on that is your only way to build, you know, a, a remarkable customer experience. I mean, the, my point with so many of my clients is that, you know, they look at, they want to create all these wow moments. 
And I think what you're saying is wow moments, I mean, there will be opportunities to do that. Most of the time you have an opportunity to do a wow moment. There, if, if it's not due to a complaint or a problem where you can step up and fix it and show, you know, hey, you can rely on us because we're really good, uh, wow moments really don't come all that often. Uh, however, uh, just a little above average, uh, exceeding expectations. I mean, let's go back to the uh, home builder site where – you know what? You're driving by every every night. You notice. You know these guys put everything away. I mean, they they care about what they're doing. They care about the the community, and what their home. You know, it's a reflection on 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 their work is when they are neat and tidy, because they're in a beautiful neighborhood. Uh, they're they know who who their clientele is, and I think it's. Uh, I don't even know where I'm going with this. I'm going off tangent. Well, is what's happening here? Well, that's well, that's okay. You know, listen listen to this right. The, one of the the next book I'm going to write is going to be called uh, From Grim to Good and Why the Leap to Great is Impossible if You're Not Even Good. And right. now I don't say that in a flippant way. Uh, you know, being grim or not good in other areas is not that good. And so if you can be consistently good and if you can think about delivering that customer experience in a way where there's not just these peaks and valleys of, you know, wow moments, but make it entirely wow and the re- and the way you do that is to be i think consistently good throughout exactly. the entire and, experience and, and that's the point i was trying to make is that you're not over the top wow or blow me away the best companies in the world are just a little bit better than average but they're better than average all of the time and not a lot better than average just a tiny bit better you go into a department store that's known for a great service i can tell you the name of it you probably know who it is you know it, it, but it doesn't matter when you go into these really well-known high-level customer experiences that you get it's because well maybe they have one or two extra people on the sales floor that others don't have maybe they allow their salespeople to roam into other departments where others say nope you're in the shoe department you're stuck in the shoe department you have to hand somebody off you know i think these companies have figured out you know this is what customers want and it's not that big of a deal let's give it to them they want consistently good and so once you move them through there the final stage of the customer loyalty loop is this idea that i call happily ever after and this is where the bulk of my work uh very early on had took me it was the core of my first book evergreen but really what happens after the sale what are we doing uh, to keep the customer to bring them back and a lot of this has to do with process so now there's something in our world that I know you've said I know I've said and many people say it's this line that it costs five times as much to get a new customer as it does to keep the existing one we've all heard that the problem with that is nobody really ever shows us how to make that existing customer five times more valuable and so this is that after-the-sale moment where you need process in place, you need systems, you need tools to bring customers back. Uh, you asked me before we started, you know, my definition of customer loyalty. My definition of customer loyalty uh, is that customer loyalty is never owed. Customer loyalty is only there as a result of that last interaction or exactly. engagement with you. And so the last transaction, the last time they did business with you, the last time they engaged with you, uh, and so, you know, that's why I, I talk about things like customer loyalty being a bad term because companies think, well, we don't have loyal customers. You know, we must cut. The, we must have got the bad batch of customers. Right. The reality is, you have to earn it. Uh, and again, going back to what we just talked about, you have to be consistent uh, all the time. Right. And so you, uh, I mean, I'm the same way. Everybody thinks loyalty is about a lifetime. It's not. And I love your angle. You say it's about the last time. And my angle is, it's not about the last time. It's about the next time. <laughs> 
<laughs> and and I think we're at the same place because what am I doing right now? What am I doing right now with this customer at this moment to make sure that the next time that customer needs whatever it is that I sell or do, that they're going to buy from me instead of someone else. And I'm focused we, on the now. And what you're saying is when the customer decides, they're going to think back to that now moment that I'm referring to and decide, is it worth staying with this company? Well, that, well, that's exactly it. And you're right. We are at the same place because because without that last engagement, there is no next engagement. Yeah. Without that last transaction uh, ending as smoothly, as powerful, as meaningful as possible, there is no next engagement. And so we need to think about, again, just like the whole customer experience, what are we doing then to create that next uh, engagement, that next experience, that next transaction? And you asked me earlier about the difference between you know larger companies, smaller companies. Uh, how are they dealing with these things? How do they scale? The reality is, is a lot of them just aren't doing anything after the sale to create that next engagement. So sometimes it's just simple. Uh, and again, like we talked about, not easy, but simple, uh, effective retention, follow-up based activities that can really generate this result. Give, give me one or two examples of those activities. Well, let me, get, let, let me give you one. So one of the tools that I implement with a number of my clients is a simple thing I call the Pick 3 process. And so this started with companies, again, sort of in the 20, 10 to 20 to $100 million range where you had a CEO or a VP of sales or a VP of marketing that thought, yeah, we should be doing things in the retention area, but we don't know what to do. So the Pick 3 is really simple. I give them a task list of 30 or 40 customer related touch points and follow-up and uh, activities that they can engage them. Some of them are uh, value-added. Some of them are more related to revenue growth. Some of them are related to simple things like, you know, things you and I both talk about, the power of a handwritten note, uh, just touching base, or gaining a testimonial, securing a case study. And so what we have them do is pick one of these tasks every day and complete it with three customers. So the task takes them no more, more between 5 to 15 to 20 minutes. But all of a sudden now you have a company that was doing nothing with their past existing customers. And now you have one person engaged in these activities every day. You've got 15 touch points a week. And then what we start to do is we start to slowly scale that out. So, again, you asked about scaling that. So now we might bring in a few more people. Uh, I'm a believer, again, that a lot of these retention-based activities should be done from the higher level with more with more uh, meaningful, memorable, and personal interactions as opposed to things you know, like automated uh, send-out cards, for example. And I'm not calling out send-out cards, the brand, but you know what I mean. I know. Every touch, you know, people, every touch point should be meaningful, memorable, right. and personal. By the way, send-out cards, great company, but the Excellent. company that decides to use send-out cards needs to use send-out cards the right way and personalize the or at least create a feeling of personalization. And that, by the way, is a hot, hot topic right now. Probably one of the hottest trends going on in customer service and support and experience is how do you personalize the experience to the customer? And it sounds like that pick three formula is is all part of that, the interactions and the touch points. So we're almost out of time, and I always like to end where I ask our guest for one final nugget, one final big takeaway. What do you want us to know, hear, and remember from you? Well, I, I would urge all your listeners to think about the customer loyalty loop as it applies to their business. And so uh, what I have a number of my clients do is sit down and think about what we just talked about. Now, think about every time the customer is engaging with your 
first time they call your business, the first time they visit your website, the first time they drive by and see uh, your property where you're building. Write down every time the customer is experiencing with you. And then ask yourself, uh, are we doing enough to make it meaningful, memorable, personable, uh, and more importantly, what can we do to either improve, uh, to make it more seamless, to be more consistent, and then what you'll also see is where the gaps are. So you'll often find, well, again, we're not doing anything after the sale. And so that's where you'll realize that you need uh, you need to think about the customer experience at that point and what process, what tools, uh, what activities can you engage in that will really help you in that stage. Wow. Great thoughts, great suggestions, great ideas. And I think if you love what you just heard, and I know I do, then you've got to get this book, The Customer Loyalty Loop by Noah Fleming. Go to Amazon.com. Noah, thanks so much for being on the show, man. You're awesome. You've got We should do this again because I think we could probably talk for hours on this topic. Uh, I, I totally think we could, and I'd be happy to do it again. I appreciate the opportunity, and uh, I'm sure we could do it for hours. All right. Everybody, you heard him. He's coming back. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is Chef Hyken, winding up another great episode of Amazing Business Radio, reminding everybody out there to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.